It's time for the Mental Health Moment, a show exploring the world of mental health and answers for life. Brought to you by Life Launch Centers. Here's your host, Joe Newman. Welcome, welcome to the Mental Health Moment. It's Monday and time to take a moment for your mental health. I'm your host, Joe Newman from Life Launch Centers, which was founded and started right here in Southern Utah. And today, this show is getting real. It's right before Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and the holidays, and I hope today is going to really unmask one of the biggest threats facing your family and maybe inspire what gifts can really help your family and what could really introduce some harm to them. So seriously, this problem is so big, we much rather throw our heads in the sand and pretend it isn't there. But oh yeah, it's there. Bigger and worse than you imagine. Uh, Today, we're talking about sexting among teens, sending and receiving nudes, and how much this has taken over high schools, middle schools, and even intermediate schools. In fact, this is the first of a two-part series on this subject because of how important it is. And unfortunately, parents, we're not talking enough to our teens about it. The good news is, is it's easily overcome. And I'm going to share with you some ways to prevent and protect our families against it. And uh, instead of bringing on a mental health professional or, you know, to talk about statistics and awareness, I'll, I'll share some of the, that information as well. But I felt like it would be even more helpful to hear right from some teens right in the thick of it. So I've got two high school students from right here in St. George to give you a real insight to your teen's digital world and the sexting culture among teens. So I've got Avery and Mason. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Joe. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I want to make sure everybody kind of understands where you're coming from, you know, what grade you're in, what some of the activities you're involved in. Avery, why don't you... Why don't you start out for us? Um, yeah, I'm Avery. I'm on the drill team at my school, and I just have a lot of a lot of things going on. And a tip, you're a senior, is that yeah, right? Yeah, I'm a senior. I'm involved in a lot of activities with my friends and attend almost everything at my school. I'm in a couple clubs as well, and just very involved, young yeah. lady. I love that. Mason, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a junior in high school, and I'm on the football team and the wrestling team, and just. Yeah, I'm also pretty involved in the school, I'd say. Awesome. Going all sorts of games. Love it. I, clubs. I know both of these guys very um, personally, and I'm I'm just, I'm so thankful that you came on the show today because I feel like you guys are outstanding youth, and especially that you're open, you're willing to open up and like tell people about what it's really like being a teenager today in, in high school. And, you know, this whole topic about smartphones, I think, I think a lot of parents have kind of gotten to the point where they're like, okay, I know my smartphone's bad for my kids, but I'm going to buy them a new smartphone for Christmas because that's what good parents do. And, but let's talk a little bit about smartphones and phones and what it's like at, at school. Okay. So first of all, how many kids would you say have smartphones at school today? Um, I'd say probably at least probably more than like 90% of the kids. I think almost everyone does. So do you guys have a smartphone? Uh, I do. I don't. What, do you? So Mason, do you have a phone? Uh, yes, I have a flip phone. A flip phone? Yeah. Classic. I call it my anti-depression phone. <laughs> That's awesome. Why do you call it that? Uh, just because of all like the terrible pressures of like social media and all the bad stuff that can 
be associated and that happens on a smartphone. Just I don't have that where when I have a flip phone, it's mostly just the necessities. Yeah. So you're calling, you're texting. Yeah. Do you, so, and you have a, like a really dumb phone where it's like the, the T9 text. Yeah. Right. So it's not like a keypad that you're able to tap, type fast. How does that affect your desires to text? Um, I don't like texting. I would much rather call because, um, I don't know, like a paragraph will take me at least like five minutes just to type <laughs> out. And so it'd take me so much easier or take so less time to, um, just call them and talk to them about it. But let's get real. I mean, isn't that hard? Like, is, is there a lot of social pressure about that? Um, I don't know. There kind of was like when I first got my phone, but like now most of the people know like that I'm associated with know that I have a flip phone. And so like, it's still kind of there, but that I've adapted to it and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I, I, I think I get by pretty good. So can you send and receive pictures? No, I can't even get emojis. Oh, interesting. So Avery has a, has a smartphone. Tell me what it's like, you know, participating. What, what's it like for you having a smartphone today? Um, well, my smartphone is kind of dumbed down a little bit, I guess you could say. Like I have a lot of screen time limits and things are blocked on my phone because that's just how my parents um, set it up. Yeah, set so it up. So they're pretty involved in, yeah. in monitoring it or whatever. Yeah, and they can track everything I do on my phone too, which is pretty good. I think it's a great way to keep track of what your kids are doing. But You're um, okay with that? Yeah, I am. Because a lot of kids aren't, right? They'll be like, mm-hmm. how dare you? This is my privacy. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm, I'm good with it. You're but, okay with that? Yeah, she keep my... How did, they, how did your parents establish that with you? Because I know a lot of parents out there right now are like, no way, my kids will like threaten to commit suicide if I, you know, want to take their phone or look at it or whatever. Um, well, my mom, I definitely do use my phone, but it's on a limited time. And I think it's good because then I get to be more involved in like the people around me and get more stuff done when I'm not on my phone for so long. So I have yeah. a limit of like, I think like two hours on my phone yeah. of social media type stuff. And then, but then like my texting and other apps are open all the time. So let's talk about social media for a second. Are, is that something you're, is like major part of your world or how do you involve, what's, what's social media like for you? Um, I only have Instagram and I only am on it sometimes because I've moved a couple times in my life and I like to um, stay in touch with a lot of my old friends and family yeah, and stuff like that. Absolutely. But like other most than of that and other to post like things about drill team or like uplifting stuff. I delete it, actually. I don't like to just have it on my phone because then it's like yeah. a, a distraction for me and I use it instead of doing other things. That's pretty awesome. How did you get to that point? Because I know there's a ton of teens out there who are like just, you know, six, seven, eight hours of consumption. Like, what did your parents do or how did you get to the point where social media wasn't a big deal for you? Um, A big part of it was I realized I was wasting my time. That was a big part of it. I realized that I was just sitting on social media instead of doing more important things and I wasn't getting stuff done. And another thing is social media has a big, it makes you feel like FOMO. And so yeah. I would see things and like feel left out and stuff like that when I, when I hardly even know the person. So it and just wasn't something I wanted to associate myself with. That's pretty awesome that you could recognize that within yourself already. Like that shows a lot of maturity. How old were you when you started with a smartphone or you, you know, had social media? Um, I think I got social media when I was 12, but it was, like I said, it was very limited from the beginning. And then, um, yeah. 
So that's what I do with my kids. Like if I tell them, if you want a social media account, let's do this. Like you and me, we can go create a social media account together and you can post stuff, but we'll do it together. Right. And I think early on, especially with young teens, um, when you take that approach, you kind of guide them through it, then it can produce a much more healthy, introspective result rather than just handing them the untethered smartphone and saying, good luck, hope you, you know, survive this. Um, but what's interesting is none of you got, neither of you mentioned Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat's a big deal. Like how come no Snapchat? Um, I, I just think it's like all around not good. Like the whole concept and idea of it is just kind of dirty. Just like being able to send a picture and then having it deleted, like right after you see it, like. There's just some bad like connotation and just like first thoughts of what you could do with that is just not good. <laughs> I love that you are real about that because yeah, it, when I um, my kids were asking about Snapchat, you know what it is, and I I explained to them how the the platform was uh, created, and I said you know yeah, there's there's you take a picture, you send it to somebody, it's only up there for like eight seconds, and then all the or is it seven seconds? I don't even remember. Anyway, it's only up there for a few seconds, and then it's gone forever. So let me ask you, kids, what kind of pictures would you send? And you know, I had like young teenagers, I had little kids, all of them. They kind of get this little smirk on their face, and they're like, uh, inappropriate pictures. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, congratulations. It didn't take you very long to figure out what that what that medium was invented for. Um, but what about you, Avery? Like, is that is that hard that you're not participating in Snapchat? I mean, everybody else is. is what are the social pressures like about that? Um, at first, like a year or two ago, when it was even more of a bigger thing, I kind of did feel left out, honestly. But I realized that it's not important. And a lot of the things my friends would Snapchat would just be like, a black picture or like a picture of a wall. So then it mm-hmm. was just, it would just be so much better to talk to that person in person or on the phone. There's just easier or better ways to do it. Yeah. Well, I love that. I, it's t- like I said, it takes some really um, honest introspection and, you know, we're just barely scratching the surface of setting the stage here for sexting and the culture of nudes uh, amongst teens and this is a really sensitive subject for a lot of parents because I think it's something that they they really want to believe that their kids are their best selves, even when they're not watching, when the parents aren't watching. Um, and so they'd much rather just kind of turn a blind eye and pretend like, the, not my kid, like this doesn't really happen to my kid. But um, um, next half, we've got to go to break, but next half, we're going to talk like really specifically about what it's like for you guys in high school and Uh, you know, how prevalent sexting and nudes are uh, in the teen culture today. So um, I've got to take a break, like I said. But once again, if you're not familiar with Life Launch Centers, uh, we work with youth and young adults ages 11 to 26 years old, struggling with anxiety, depression, and other difficult mental health conditions. It's group counseling. And and everyone knows that group really is the most effective form of therapy. If you feel like you've tried counseling and it didn't work, you need group. That's where the growth really happens. The defensive walls come down and they're able to make progress very quickly. In group, kids see that 
that they're not alone in their struggles and they're able to really connect with other people their own age. So don't wait. Give us a call and we can help strategize with you what would be the best course of action to help your loved one. The number is 833-803-3883. We'll be back talking about sexting amongst teens in just one minute. Go! Mom, will you just get off my back? Well, this is the third time this week I've had to pick you up from school. I just don't even want to be there. It's so stupid. Come on, honey. Level with me. What is bothering you? Friends? Bullies? Drugs? Go! No, Mom! Why does something have to be wrong? It's just hard. You don't understand. Well, help me understand. You can't just give up. We've got to find some answers. Today, kids are dealing with anxiety and depression more than ever before. Added pressures of social media have changed the way our kids are growing up. The good news is there's help. Life Launch Centers teaches youth and young adults how to overcome anxiety and successfully launch into life. Using peer groups and our research-based resilience model, we teach families the eight-step process of gaining control over their emotions. So don't wait. Download our free emotional navigator at lifelaunchcenters.com and get some answers for anxiety. Life Launch Centers, answers for life. Welcome back to the Mental Health Moment. I'm your host, Joe Newman from Life Launch Centers. Today, we're talking about a very difficult but important topic, sexting amongst teens. And uh, again, today, I've got with me two teenagers uh, from right here in St. George um, who are willing to open up and help parents learn and understand what uh, the digital world looks like amongst high schoolers and middle school and, and, and intermediate school even. So Mason and Avery, thank you once again for joining me on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right to it. Like what's, um, if you guys had to like come up with a percentage of people, you know, at school who have either sent a nude and or received a nude, what, what percentage of kids do you think that that's, that, that, that they've done that? Um, like between like sent and received, I feel like it's probably between like 70 to 80%. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. Um, but like, if you think about just like, even like asking versus like being asked, I think that's more up to like 90, maybe even 95%. Like, so like solicitation is even higher. Yeah. Like I'm, I bet a lot of kids like have been asked and I know there's a lot of good kids out there that are. I've probably um, like said no or whatever. Yeah. Their parents are not told their parents and just gone with life knowing whatever, you know? Yeah. Avery, what do you think? Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's a really huge amount of people at schools. and just, Like 70 or 80%? Yeah. I, it's a very high amount, especially like, like Mason said. He said that most people get asked. I know a lot of people that have been asked. And Have you guys been asked? I have. When I was a sophomore, I think. It really? was, yeah, it was over Instagram, I'm pretty sure. And I barely knew the kid and he was, I don't even remember the whole story. And but he just throws it out there, send yeah. me a nude. Yeah. And so I blocked it and told my mom and stuff like that. And How do you deal with that guy face to face next time? Like, um, I hardly saw him at school, but when I did, I just, I didn't even give him the cold shoulder. Yeah, pretty much. Good. Because that's the thing. Like, you would never go up to somebody face to face and say, hey, let me see you naked. Right. Like there's social consequences that come along with that. Mm-hmm. And because you're face to face, eye to eye, you don't do that. But that's the danger of these digital communications amongst teens because it removes the accountability. 
Like he's not going to get slapped immediately when he solicits that. Right. And that's why he feels like more, I don't know, safe to do that. What about you, Mace? Have you ever, have you ever uh, been solicited or been involved in that? I have not. Thankfully, um, Probably because of the dumb probably phone. Probably because of my dumb phone. I <laughs> I can't even take a picture or receive any. So I'm I think I'm blessed to be outside of that world of just gross stuff. Yeah. You feel like you're blessed to be outside of that world. Why? Because would that be a real temptation? Um, I don't think it would be. I don't know. Like, I don't think I would do it, but it would be a temptation that would probably be thrown at me. And so I tell you what, I would it would, it would be tempting for me. Honestly, when I was a kid. I did a lot of naked stuff. <laughs> like it was different then. Like you'd go streaking or skinny dipping or something. And it wasn't as sexualized as today is. Like everything is so sexualized today. And it feels like kids just are bombarded with, with it. And uh, yeah, I'm so glad that it wasn't part of our world because I'm, I'm sure I would have fallen to those temptations. But uh, that's, that's crazy. Like 70 to 80%. So that means like, I think what brought about the reason of this show, and I want to share this because um, it kind of hit real close to home recently where I've got a daughter who's a sophomore. And um, in one day, she was uh, she was talking with a friend who has a smartphone. My daughter doesn't have a smartphone, but she was talking with her friend who has a smartphone. And this kid comes up and he's like, hey, you want to see pictures of my dog? And he shows this picture of her dog and he's a really cute dog. And, and he says, we want me to airdrop you pictures of this dog. And uh, they're like, sure, okay. And so he airdrops a picture to him, but it's not of the dog. It's of a fully pornographic image. Uh, And he starts laughing because, you know, this was like funny. He played a joke on them, right? Well, um, besides the criminal implications of that act alone, it was totally, um, you know, offensive to them. Like they didn't want that. They didn't solicit that, but this has become part of the kid's culture that they think that that's funny. Not even realizing that he could go to jail for distributing pornography to minors. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then later she said the same day later, she was in a class and, uh, she was getting up to put her Chromebook away and the kid next to her, um, you know, like says, Hey, can you put my Chromebook away for me? And she kind of hesitated for a second. And so he felt like he had to sweeten the deal. And so he said, I'll send you a D pick if you put her in my Chromebook. And she's like, what? No. Like, I don't want that. Like, disgusting, right? And he's all laughing, you know, but soliciting to her that I'll send you a nude. And, uh, and I was just, when she told me about this, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. You know, like is this pretty common? Like, does this happen really regularly? And she's like, yeah, honestly, it's way prevalent amongst high schoolers. And I think it's like they, we joke a lot about it, but it actually happens too. Like, it's not just a joke. Like it actually happens. She said, I've got a friend who, um, you know, she's got this boyfriend and she's like, oh, I was feeling a little bit down today. So I asked my boyfriend to send me a D pick to help, you know, pick me up. And, and I was like, what? She's self-medicating. She's coping with pornography, child pornography. And not just like when, I think when we think of child pornography, it's like, oh, some other child, like somebody that we don't know or some, when we think of pornography, it's like people we don't know. But what's happening today is that kids aren't 
but parents aren't talking to their kids enough about the sanctity of their own body to help them realize that they're creating pornography of themselves. In fact, just in our, in our, our practice, we were just talking with, um, uh, we've had people in there saying that, oh yeah, this is a great way to earn some money. Like youth, young minors, like 15, 16 years old will, um, yeah, they, there's platforms online that they can perform sexual acts on video and sell it online. And they, they make some good money that way. This is how prevalent it is, but it's all in secret. And that's the problem. And that's what we're hoping to do on the show today is to drag this out of the dark and get parents involved in their children's digital world. Because the more accountability you have with your child, the more um, you can protect them from it. So let's talk a little bit about how to establish some of that, that um, accountability. So first of all, uh, Avery, it, is your phone considered your private space or your public space? Like, do your parents have access to your phone? Like, they know how to log in, or they could, you know, they know the code and they could check it whenever, or how does that work? Um, I would say it's more public. My mom does know my code, and I turn my phone in at night at a certain time and things like that. And she's she can get on any access of it. Like I said, she can see my screen time from her phone. So oh, it's that's like, awesome! It's connected and stuff, and so so you don't know if she's ever like actually watching what you're seeing. Like she can see your screen time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. She can see how much time I've spent on oh, certain things. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a remote login that she can see what you're seeing on the screen, but she can monitor how much time you're spending on stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, Mason, how about you? What about your phone? Is it, uh, you know, is it your private space or how do you, how do your parents handle that? Um, it's my, it's public space between me and my parents. Like I'd also turned in my phone and they, I know that they can at any time look at whatever. I'm texting people or whatnot. So I know that's like um, the very first thing is to help establish that your child's phone is a public space, kind of like their bedroom, you know, like you give your, your child a bedroom to, and they have some privacy in there that they need, but at the, but it's, it's your space. Like you have to check on their bedroom to make sure that things aren't going wrong in there. Like, you know, Bad behavior, drugs, alcohol, whatever, things that you're trying to help your kids avoid. And um, I often like it to the bedroom because just like if you try to tell your kid to keep their room clean, they're not going to do it unless there's some accountability, unless you like actually go in their bedroom and check. And there's going to be times that you're going to have to like probably ground them because they didn't clean their bedroom. And there's going to be times that you have to really like get involved. But um, man, we are, I feel like we are just barely scratching the surface here. I, I wanted to throw out some quick facts. There was a, um, uh, some reports that uh, reported that nearly 40% of all teenagers have posted or sent sexually suggestive material, but this practice is more common among boys than girls. Uh, this report, uh, 40%, you guys had said it maybe 70 or 80%. This report was back in 2014. So yeah, six years later, I bet we're probably about where you're saying. And parents, I got to say, if you believe that your kid's not involved in this, don't kid yourself. Get involved in your kid's digital world. Check up with them. Talk to them about it. What are the dangers? In fact, the next half we're going to do next time we're coming back, we're going to talk about the dangers of sexting and why your kids don't want to be involved in this. Like what are the lifelong implications of being involved in sexting? 
Um, and uh, I've got to kind of wrap it up here, but Mason and Avery, you guys have been so awesome in sharing your insights and being willing to come on the show today. Uh, we're going to have you again back next time. And uh, thank you once again so much for, for participating today. And thank you. Thank you. So um, I've got to wrap it up. And, and uh, you know, I hope that everyone out there got some helpful ideas about how to protect your family against the dangers of sexting and child pornography, uh, the, the culture that exists in today's digital world. Your family doesn't have to struggle through this alone. That's why I love living here. This is the tight, tight-knit community uh, that I raised my family in, and there's lots of great resources available. If you or a loved one is just overwhelmed with harmful media, anxiety, depression, or even suicide ideation, please give us a call at Life Launch Centers. The number is 833-803-3883. We're happy to do a free 15-minute phone consultation to help you know what is the best course of action for your loved one. Or jump on our website at lifelaunchcenters.com. There's a lot of great free resources there, like this podcast and this radio show. And uh, But this has been your mental health moment. Join us again next time right here on St. George News Radio. But before you do, please go talk to your teens about sexting and get involved in their digital world. Maybe listen to this podcast together with them. But whatever you do, you can't keep your head in the sand and pretend like this isn't affecting your family. This is Joe Newman signing off from Life Launch Centers. Until next time, keep those kids safe and keep your sanity. You've been listening to the Mental Health Moment, brought to you by Life Launch Centers. For more info, visit them at lifelaunchcenters.com.